Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Autumn Tales. I'm your host and resident storyteller, Lady M. Join me around my campfire, and I will tell you a new tale for the ages. The main players in this three-part tale are the Dreamcatcher, the Beaded Lady, and the Watchman. This is Chapter 1, The Wayward Dream. Part 1, Enter Jebberbed. And the story begins with a thick sheaf of papers. If I had wanted to be a scribe, I would have gone to the academy, the captain sighed to himself. But why'd there have to be so many of them? He flipped through the identification papers as quickly as he could, sizing up their owner while he did so. The strange young man smiled back, undisturbed, and looking very much at home. Given the number of passes he carried, it was difficult to say where exactly his home was. Were there even that many countries to visit? Once he had flipped through the, the entry passes for dozens of countries, the rest of the stack revealed itself to be repeat entries for those same countries. The stack of entry documents in his hands seemed never-ending. Vaguely, he recalled having a nightmare about this very situation. Even my nightmares weren't this bad, he muttered. How did all these fit in that document pouch anyway? Is there a problem, Captain? The stranger asked with a smile. The captain fumed without responding as he fumbled through the papers. Capation, Dielgo, Finitor. The words, seals, and signatures started to blur together. The last one. It's always the last person through the gates. With all these blasted passes, I may be here until midnight, he muttered. Beg pardon? His stomach growled, deciding things. Nothing. They appear to be in order. The captain quickly scrawled a new entry pass form and added and slammed it on top of the stack before shoving the lot over. He resisted, sighing with relief once it disappeared into the man's side pouch. What brings you to Jebberbed? Hmm? Oh, I suppose you could say I was chasing my dreams. The other man flipped him a lazy smile and shifted his grip on his staff. It was a large, ornate, and unwieldy-looking item. The captain felt that he had recognized it from somewhere. Just then, the evening bells of the city rang out above them. That broke the spell, and the captain sensed that his supper would be in greater danger of being delayed if he gave in to his sudden curiosity. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that, Mr. Desmer. He nodded dismissively to the young man, proud that he caught a name prior to disposing of the nightmare paper packet. Thank you, said Desmer, and I wish that all your dreams may stay in their rightful places. With that, he hefted his large staff. Really, it was more of a netted pike and an oversized pack, and he entered the city. What an odd duck, the captain muttered before heading off in search of his long-awaited supper. And well-deserved. The city of Jebberbed was a peculiar city nestled at the foot of the Silver Mountains. Many years ago, a star had fallen from the heavens, carving out what now became the heart of the city, a hollow set into the side of a mountain. It was nicknamed the Silver Spoon, but more on that at another time. Desmer looked down into the bowl of the city with admiration for its structure. It appeared to be orderly chaos, which suited him just fine. Now, if I could just find a... A merchant nearby was packing up his stall for the day. Excuse me, I'm new to town and am seeking lodging. Could you... Wyvern's Rest, Eastern Rim, that way, can't miss it, the man hissed trying to stuff his items into already overflowing baskets. 
Desmer beamed. Why, thank you. And here is for your troubles. He tapped each of the baskets, which suddenly seemed to have just enough room. The merchant stopped scowling and froze in confusion. What? He looked up at Desmer properly now. You, you're like that thing, aren't you? He took a step back, snatching his now-fitting baskets. I, I don't want any trouble. I'm just trying to head home. And I have no intention of giving you trouble, Desmer bowed, merely returning the favor. Farewell. May your dreams stay in their proper places. He strode off, feeling the man's eyes boring into his back. It seems I came to the right city after all. Wyvern's rest was easy to find. It was a comfortable-looking building that jutted out over the street like a miniature cliff face. It was impressive that the whole structure did not fall over immediately. The sign of the winged serpent over the door was ornate and oddly foreboding, a stark contrast to the comfortable atmosphere emitting from the glowing windows. Desmer opened the door to be bombarded by a wall of sound. Loud debates, cheers, the rattle of dice, and the strum of a well-tuned mandolin competed to be heard over each other. All in all, not a bad place to wait for the night. A few gold coins gleaned from the hazy dreams of a drunk got him a hearty meal and a private room he did not intend to use. Can I get you a drink, stranger? A pretty little barmaid stopped by his corner. A spiced cider would be most welcome, he replied with an easy smile and a nod. She blushed as she bobbed a quick acknowledgement. The sudden dream threads from her were the same shade of pink as her cheeks. He sighed. The poor thing. He would let her down as easily as he could. When she returned with his drink, she lingered, as he knew she would. So, what brings you into Jebberved? She leaned provocatively on the edge of the table. A business or pleasure? Business. He took a sip of his cider. That was good cider, he noted. I'm hunting down a dream. I bet I could fulfill some of your dreams. She coyly twirled a raven curl about her finger. The cloud of threads about her turned a rosy red. I don't dream, unfortunately. It's physically impossible, but I can definitely see them, and yours are very distracting, if you don't mind. He waved his hands through them as though dispersing smoke. You are quite lovely, though. Thank you for the offer. He smiled at her as kindly as he could. She flushed, standing up quickly and turned as if to go. Poor thing. Perhaps a distraction? Maybe you can still help. I'm looking for a particular dream. It escaped the dreaming some time ago. Wait, what? Her curiosity was piqued. What are you talking about? He patted the chair next to him, and she sat. I'm from the dreaming, and I'm hunting down an escaped dream. But the dreaming is a myth. Sure it is. He leaned back in his chair, sipping a cider. And yet I'm here. She frowned. But even if it weren't a myth, why would you need to hunt down a dream, and what would you even do to it? A particularly rousing chorus interrupted their conversation. They watched some of the other patrons get up to dance on the tables. A fiddle had just joined the mandolin. After a moment or two, things had settled down to a noisy calm, and they resumed talking. Desmer sighed. Sometimes, dreams get to be too big for the dreamer. When they are too big, they take on a life of their own. They are clever, but senseless, and can cause harm when they are untethered. 
We dreamcatchers are given the ability to walk between the planes of existence to capture these wayward dreams and return them to their rightful places, if possible. The girl thought about this for a moment. Lucy, where are you? We have customers to serve, the innkeeper bawled. The girl jumped up. Wait! Desmer stopped her with another silver coin. Have you heard any odd news around the city? Strange creatures or noises at night? No, but if anyone would have heard something, it'd be Felden over there. She took the silver coin and indicated the red-nosed fiddler across the room. He was surrounded by other guests. Lucy! I have to go now, she smiled sadly and ducked down. Answer me one more question, though. Why did you tell me all these things? You could get in a lot of trouble if the wrong people were to find out. You know what they say about the dreaming. Her eyes were wide. Yes, I could get in trouble, he leaned toward her confidentially. The problem is that no one would ever believe you. He smiled. After all, we both know the dreaming is a myth. And he gave her a wink. She opened her mouth to reply, but was interrupted by another shout of, Lucy! Cheers! He raised his glass to her in a salute as she scurried away. For the rest of the night, he could feel her troubled glance on him, but they had no further opportunities to talk. After this brief interlude, he settled in for a long wait. Every so often, he thought wistfully of the bed upstairs and the sad fact that he would not get to use it. While he watched the crowds, he kept his ears open and the night wore on. One problem with being a denizen of the dreaming was that you could not, in fact, dream. One could catch, manipulate, corrupt, inhabit, twist, burn, weave, display, talk of, or destroy dreams, but never actually experience them the way most mortals were allowed. From what Desmer had experienced of dreams in his lifetime of catching them, he did not feel that he was missing out on too much. The absence of dreams only made the passing time feel much slower. Nights were unbearably long, and sometimes boring. Daytime was much better. Both the world and daydreams made things much more interesting, and fast-paced. Shortly after midnight, the fiddler finally placed his fiddle in its case and took a last swig of ale. Desmer made his way out the door. After a few minutes, Felden followed him. Beg pardon, good fiddler. Desmer stepped forward. I was told you might know some information that could help me. The man started, then squinted at him. Do I know you? I have not had the honor of making your acquaintance. He spoke quickly, sidestepping the introductions, and held up a gold coin. I was told you were the man to ask for any strange going-ons about the city. Has anything odd been plaguing Jebberbed? Felden took the coin and looked him over. I may have heard a few things, young man. What's it to you? It might help me with a quest I'm on, Desmond smiled. The news? He prompted gently. The fiddler shifted his pack and looked out towards the heart of the city. On the northern side of the city's bowl, there are rumors of a strange creature prowling the streets at night. Plenty of people claimed to see it, but not a one could tell you what it looked like. They just knew that it was big, and in every place it had been seen, things stopped being right, whatever that means. That's all I got for you. And that was very helpful. Thank you, good sir. And may all your dreams stay in their correct places. He bowed. Yes, yes, same to you. Felden started to turn away, then whirled back around. Wait, are you one of those? 
but the streets around him were empty. Desmer had vanished. The northern part of the city grew quieter the further along he went. It was too quiet. Almost the perfect place for an, just as he thought the word ambush, a loud screech ripped apart the silence. He turned to see a masked man stumbling back, shaking his hand as though he were bitten. Which he was, Desmer smiled with grim satisfaction. There was nothing like a tiny nightmare to keep the pickpockets away. Unfortunately, the would-be thief had not come alone. Four other masked figures lurked in the shadows. They froze, their eyes upon their companion, who now seemed to be recovering. That was just too bad, Desmer mused grimly, adjusting his staff. They should have run when he first noticed them. Enough tomfoolery, shouted the largest of the five masked robbers. Give us the staff and any valuables you have if you value your life. Desmer smiled as they started to fan out around him. And what makes you think I'm alive? They stopped again, their uneasiness almost physically drifting through the air. Oh, this would be fun. While they exchanged looks, he quickly reached up and gave a small tug at the air. If they'd had any lingering bad dreams, they would be trailing about into them like a sticky cloud. Ah, there. A simple bad dream, and it would do nicely. His smile grew wider as he hid his hands beneath his cloak. You are outnumbered, the large one tried again, hefting his club menacingly. Just give us what we want and you can go. Ah, but you don't know how unwise it is to steal from someone of the dreaming, Desmer asked. Um, as he spoke, he activated some runes on his cloak. The garments started to grow larger and billow about him like a cloud. He deepened his voice, knowing he had the man's full attention and fear. Do you know what happens now? What? The man asked in a tiny voice. Anything. Desmer stepped forward, raising his staff high. The man screamed and scrambled back as far as he could, smacking straight into a wall. Without pausing, the would-be attacker picked himself up and disappeared off down the street. Oh. That was easy enough, Desmer mused. You'll pay for that, a smaller masked marauder snarled, charging, knives flashing. You don't scare me. I don't have to. Desmer easily dodged the attack, tapping the man on the back of the head. Why scare when I can humiliate? Unseen to all, he pulled at a thread from the man's psyche. This would do nicely. What? With a jangle, the man's pants hit the ground, tripping him. He scrambled back to his feet, grabbing at his pants, only for them to trip him up once again. Desmer grinned. Bad dreams were always the best for tripping people up. What are you doing? One of the other attackers hissed. Stop fooling around, Darnum, and get him. I'm trying, but something's gone wrong with me pants. You get him, Darnum snarled back. And don't use my name, you idiot. But you're our best knife mugger. You're supposed to get... You're supposed to take the lead? Bolson said so. Stop using our names, moron! Darnum turned purple with rage as his pants stubbornly refused to stay up. I don't like this, the final attacker spoke up. He glanced over at Desmer, who had stopped watching them and had begun fiddling with his net. I'm out. 
With that, he took off down the street after the first shadow of the, the after the shadow of the first mugger. Don't you dare turn your back on me! Darnum screamed after him while struggling to get his belt loops to work. When I get a hold of you, I'll gut you like the spineless fish you are. Mark my words. Well, what do we do now, Darnum? The third one stood awkwardly, holding his makeshift club. He's got Bolson and Felder running scared. Hit him, you useless oath! Yes, hit me, why don't you? Desmer leveled his staff at the last two men. See what happens next. No, thank you, the big thief replied. Sorry, Darnum. With that, he scooped up the small man who screamed and spat and ran after his companions. Desmer watched the men disappear into the darkness. Well, not really disappear. He watched their psyche threads trail through the air and then vanish around a corner. Well, that went well. You there! We heard screaming! Drop the staff and turn around to face us! I just had to open my mouth, he sighed. Obediently, he turned, placing his staff on the ground by his feet. Behind him, with swords at the ready, stood three of the city's watchmen. What are you? the foremost cried. Are you an evil spirit? He spoke to his comrades without taking his eyes from Desmer. We do have some holy water on us, right? Now is a terrible time to check on such things, but yes, replied one of the other two. And you're welcome. The three settled into their defensive stances. Well, this had to be a first. Wait, evil spirit? That's the end of part one. Thanks for listening and tune in next time. Um, we update every Monday. Until then, may all your dreams stay in their correct places.